Hello and welcome to the Robot Podcast. I'm Fran Scott, scientist, maker and massive engineering fan. Every week we'll be finding out how robots are pushing the boundaries and exploring the exciting future that robots can bring. From 3D printing buildings to simulated factories, from robots in education to those working in our retail warehouses. Technology is completely transforming our everyday tasks and leading us towards a more innovative future. It is safe to say that education has changed an awful lot over the past few decades, from chalkboards to computers and then tablets were introduced and coding is taught now from an early age. And then with the pandemic, it was e-learning that ensured that all the students could stay on track. But could we see a time where robots will play a vital role in education? Well, yes, of course. And that time is actually now. With our constantly changing world, the jobs of tomorrow don't actually exist just yet. But if I have learnt anything from this podcast, it's that robots will play a vital role in the future of work and provide that flexibility to tackle any challenge. And education today is the starting point of all of that. To explain how, I'll be speaking to Stefan Drakenshow from ABB Robotics and Professor Dr. Bernd Kuhlenkotter from the University of Bochum. First up, though, our producer Izzy Clark spoke with Nick Remuchamp, who recently graduated from a robotics master's degree, about why he wanted to study robotics in the first place. But his journey in education actually began elsewhere. So I got my degree in education, uh, but I realized that it wasn't really what I wanted to do and I, I wasn't sure about what to do. But actually, as a child, I was al- already uh, fascinated by, by moving things, uh, electronics, robotics, stuff like that. Uh, I mean, what boy is not uh, <laughs> yes. addicted to seeing robots? And um, so, yeah, but it's not only the, the, the robotics in itself, but it's also the potential that it has. Um, for the for the future of humanity and in which ways uh, robotics can help people. What was that jump? You'd done a degree in education. Then what did you go and do to make sure that you could work in robotics? I always thought like robotics is very interesting, but how do you get into robotics, right? So engineering looked like the, the most obvious choice, uh, in my opinion. After a while, I just tried to choose my specializations towards doing something in robotics. Like I did electromechanics, but I did automation. That was the closest thing to get to that. And then I wanted to do something more more special. So um, I went to, to King's College London to do my uh, robotics uh, master's degree. Okay, so how have you used robotics throughout your education? I suppose the master's is a good place to explore all of that. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, when you, when you do like a master's in robotics, you see the, the wide array of applications that you can do in which you can apply robotics because... Where I'm working right now, it's more specifically for, for industrial applications, but there are so many applications and that's that's the kind of thing you can see in, in the education that I had. Yeah. What were the sort of things that you learned at university that prepared you for working in robotics? Well, of course, for, for doing robotics, you, you need some sort of mechanical background, in my opinion, right? Because 
it's such a wide field that I felt that I needed a, a solid mechanical background, which I had uh, due to my uh, bachelor's degree. Coding and programming was always something that interested me as well. In, in the master's itself, due to COVID, a lot of it stayed coding and programming. But they did have a conveying system with robots on which you could program and, and try out some, some stuff. So that was amazing. And in terms of anything that you studied at university, is there anything that has prepared you for what you're doing now? Well, doing a study like this at university, the engineering world and the robotics world in particular is so diverse and so wide. And that's what they want to do as well in education. They want to give you a big base, a big, a very uh, nice foundation so you can start working anywhere, actually. So they try to give you a, a point of view, a way of thinking, a state of mind even, right? That you can apply in any kind of job and then you just specialize in the particular area that you need to work in. So I think education has helped me grasp the, the overall picture, but also made it able for me to, to pinpoint the exact techniques and technologies that I needed. Yeah, absolutely. And so you're working in robotics now, um, working for ABB. Yeah. Do you do you feel like you could do anything <laughs> with what you've learned from doing robotics and education and having robotics and education? Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> if you started any job, you need always you always need some kind of training, right? Because every every company works in their particular way and. Yeah, that's that's always going to be the case, especially in in engineering uh, in the engineering field. But with the kind of base you have, you can honestly start anywhere and do anything. There are certainly a lot of options out there, and that is the really exciting thing when we think about the future, about our future. Robotics will become such a part of our everyday life, then yes, they can help adapt and transform the tasks that we already do today, but add another layer onto that and they will actually open up avenues that we haven't even thought of yet. Introducing robotics at all stages of education means coding and problem solving become second nature to students. But things really get exciting when students are exploring further education, whether that's at university or at a vocational college. I spoke with Stefan Drakenshow from ABB Robotics, who explained exactly how robotics are helping and transforming education. There's a need, right? Because uh, the importance of teaching the skills for an automated and digital future that uh, the, the young people and the new generations will encounter is, is increasing, right? So there's an importance in also enabling them to go into those industries and not only manufacturing industries, it, it, it's uh, also uh, the need will exist in many industries. And um, the schools and education also have a role in how, how we upskill and how we re-educate people who, 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 not only the youngsters, but people who might be uh, working today and then later need to go back and, and adapt and learn, um, learn a new trade. And so would you say that's its main purpose in terms of it's, I would say, preparing the younger generation for a world of work that is going to be more automated. 
Yeah, for sure. It's really important, you know, how do we attract people to these areas? And, and I think in, in, in the schools, that's where it starts. And then you have the colleges and the vocational schools. Uh, just one example could be like the Boston College in the UK, where they use industrial robots to teach industry standards, how you operate and how you program uh, so that they can go into the workplace later with these skills instead of going into the workplace and needing to, to learn afterwards. And then you have the universities where robotics plays a very important role. Also collaborating with the industry, used for research and development, uh, projects on an R&D phase, some of them later uh, are commercialized and become used in the industry. So it, it, it's a variety of things. Um, so Stefan, if let's say that I'm a student in a vocational college um, or university, what would I learn? What would be on the curriculum when it comes to robotics? First and foremost, how to work with the robot itself, including how to operate and how to maintain it, understanding how, how it operates and, and how it is applied in industrial applications, sometimes related specifically to the, to, to the kind of the, the focus of that vocational school. And, and then I think also, secondly, how to work with the software. So you would learn that and you would have on your curriculum a skill set uh, that would allow you to go in and actually start working uh, from day one. And what if you can't get hold of robots because we're funding being cut and stuff? Is there things you can do virtually? Yeah, and definitely this is called Robot Studio that we started in the 90s to develop. It has evolved ever since and uh, it's extremely powerful. So it allows you without having a physical robot to actually work like you do have. So you have a virtual controller and what you program and what you see is one-to-one -one with what it would be in the reality if you would have the, the, the physical robot installed in, in, the, in the same uh, sense that you program and simulate it. And so what you can give to, well, school children, uni students, postgrads, is you can give them that experience of the world of work without them actually having to set foot on the shop floor. Yes. And obviously this is essential also because every school and every college and every university does not have the opportunity to, to put a workshop next to their classrooms, right? So this is very, very, <laughs> it's useful. And I also think, you know, even in the, the modern companies today, most of the work is actually done in the offices before they hit the button to place a purchase order that somebody will manufacture and um, what it will be doing. So it's also learning on how it actually is working in the real life. You don't do things on the workshop before you've done it virtually and digitally. Also, I forgot to mention it before, but also when you work with, with, uh, with these kind of robotics education, you also develop you know, critical thinking, problem solving skills, which are important, even though it's not robotics. That skill set that you, you acquire, you can use it in other areas. Yeah. It's really interesting because at first thought you think, oh, well, the only people that need to know about robots are those that are interested in, I suppose, making robots in inverted commas. But actually, robots are going to be in your hospitals. They're going to be in your factories. They're going to be everywhere, right? And so actually integrating robots and robotics into general learning does make sense. Yes, it's interesting because one of those industries that does not have a lot of automation today, it's construction, but they, f they face a little bit this perfect storm. We did a survey with more than 2,500 respondents in the construction industry, and they, they, they see that 91% of the respondents say they see a, a skills crisis in the next 10 years. 
Then they also have this need for, for more housing. And then they also need to produce housing and buildings in a more sustainable way. Industry plays an important role and, and, and academia and industry need to work very close together on this. And who's leading the change with this? Is it is it teachers coming to you guys? Is it you guys saying, hey, we've got this thing? Is it government saying we need to do lessons on this? Where, where does the push come from? I think there's a push and pull. Um, I can't speak on above all the whole industry, but definitely from our side, we're, we're trying to push, right? So trying to, to show the importance to, 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 to meet whenever there's a, an interest to come and visit us, we're open to, to, to explain and show. This is so easy to put into a, a course plan. So we're trying to push this. Uh, then there's also the pull. I must, I, I must give kudos to, to many of the universities, to the colleges and to the vocational schools. They are doing a lot themselves as well. So they are, they are seeking how can we uh, use robots not only to, to learn how to program a robot, but also how does a robot and digitalization play an important role in, 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 in the different industries. There shouldn't be any complacency, though, because, I mean, uh, the change is, is, is fast, but it's, it's never going to be this slow again. After this call, if anybody's interested, feel free to contact me and I'll connect them with anybody in their local country. So I'm, I know I, I, I'm honestly saying that we, 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 we can't be complacent. So I'm, I'm really happy to see that. I think we can do even more than we're doing, but today we are doing more than ever in this. So, so, and, and the trend is very clear that schools are proactively looking at how, how they can put digitalization, robots and automation on their agenda. So it's, it's very interesting. Stefan Drakenshow, thank you so much for talking to us. Okay, if I asked you to tell me about an average day at college or university, I'd imagine that most would respond that you had lectures or a lesson, took some notes, maybe did an experiment that you never revisited again. Maybe you were assigned some coursework or a task to hand in within a few weeks. But that's not quite how the average teaching day works for our next guest. Professor Dr. Bernd Kuhlenkotter is a researcher and developer for ABB, but he is also the head of chair at the University of Bochum in Germany, where they have created what is essentially a robot factory, where students can practice, test and develop their ideas. At our university, we started with an initiative introducing or setting up a learning factory in the field of robotics. So it's a factory like a normal industrial factory producing parts for German customers. So our students can work in that real industrial environment, use robots. They really have to, to set up robotic-based tasks. So they have to program robots. They have to uh, bring robots into real production and they have to test, they have to produce, they, they learn what, what mistakes can happen, what can fail. And then, of course, they have to, they have to, to optimize their processes. And uh, that is only possible if you have a real production. So if you just uh, simulate that, uh, then you have, of course, no chance to, to produce all those mistakes and learn from mistakes. And that was the main idea, to have a learning factory. That sounds absolutely fantastic. So they can just get hands-on with the robots in a very real-world situation. Because, yeah, unless you learn through doing, well, I certainly do, and it's only through doing that you make mistakes. And so if you make mistakes once, you then gain experience never to make that mistake again. Um, that sounds brilliant. 
And this production line, do you sell the things that are on the production line? Is it the same things? Is it different things? We have a lot of different things we're producing. And here, for example, terminal strips. Terminal strips are products you find in control cabinets. Control cabinets uh, are controlling production processes, for example, so steering of production processes. And those terminal strips, they are mainly produced manually. So you, you won't find in, in industry, you, found, you won't find automated assembly of those terminal strips. So we started with manual assembly too, and then we tried to bring in uh, robots, especially those lightweight robots. So the uh, maybe well-known uh, human-robot collaboration tasks. And uh, with those cobots, we, we tried to enter that area and replace some manual processes by the use of cobots. And now the students and also some, some workers uh, we have in those processes they are producing those uh, control cabinets now yeah, semi-automated. Um, just help me out a little bit, Bert, with these terminus strips. Basically, is it where all the wires will come together and then you can actually put them into a control panel? Yeah, exactly. So you have a lot of electric components based on, on a metal sheet and uh, all those components then are wired and with that you can set up a control cabinet. So that will prepare those students uh, for industry. So if, if they start in industry, they, they have a lot of experience in using robots in realizing different tasks. And we have 3D printing applications, we have uh, milling applications, assembly applications, we, mobile robotics, we, we install robots on, on mobile devices driving through our factory and realizing logistics tasks. So they can experience a lot and all that, what they experience, they can directly use in industry. So they are fit for, for the job in industry when they leave us. And that is also, of course, a main benefit for those students. And talk me through sort of letting the students loose on these robots. Is it literally day one, hands-on, or is there sort of a, a virtual lead-up process to it? Yeah, of course, we, we first of all start with uh, yeah, very conventional methods. So, so they got some information in written form they have to prepare beforehand. But then it starts to, to, to get really interested. Uh, then they have to use uh, simulation systems. So all the things we do with our robots at ABB, uh, all the things are prepared in a simulation environment. So we, for example, have our robot studio. In our robot studio, we can simulate all the robotic tasks very, very close to reality. And uh, that makes it easy to, to start with the theory. That makes it easy to start programming. And that makes it easy to do the first test without damaging our expensive equipment, of course. Always, always a good move. We established a channel to our real robots, and then they could shift their simulated programs into our real robots. And by the use of cameras, for example, uh, they could see the real robots moving and test their programs in our real environment. And who are the students that use this? Is it... Um... Master students, undergrad students, do you do things with high school students as well? Mainly undergraduate students and master students. So the undergraduates start with they're getting familiar with robotics and doing programming and so on. The, the master students then are involved in real industrial projects we are doing. So in, in the, those things we are developing for industry and they are directly involved and doing their part into 
in those projects. They also contribute to making progress in, in projects we really sell to customers. We, we, we have uh, some pro programs for uh, even younger uh, people uh, in schools. So um, they also visit us and they have a two days, three days experience in our learning factory. So we we're showing those young people how all the things work in our learning factory. But that is more or less a guided tour. And then they have a little bit hands-on uh, you know, short programming of a robot or something like this, especially with those uh, cobots, which are easy to program by hands-on. That is just to, to get them interested into uh, all that stuff. And just to give them a window into it, because it's quite rare at that age to be able to get access to a, a robotic factory floor for you know safety purposes. So being able to actually see these robots in action in a safe and educational environment would just be brilliant. Yeah, that, but that that works pretty well because uh, they they are always so fascinated and so happy to to uh, to work with the robots, and they they even want to enter at the weekend. They want to stay till very past in the night. So that so I have to throw them out and say so it's it's nine o'clock in the evening. You have to go now because I want to go now <laughs> and. Uh, they, they, they really love that and they're really happy using all that equipment. Yeah, and it gives that, that real-world engagement that just people thrive off. Yeah, exactly. What um, sort of subjects are these students doing? Like, obviously, engineering, but do you say, like, get business study students and things like that? Is it, the, is it multidisciplinary and sort of showing other people the manufacturing world of the future and now yeah that that is also the case because we are working together for example with psychologists and uh, we are working together with other disciplines uh, so so people taking care of the human in work taking care of ergonomics and so on so also economics is involved uh, talking about new business models around robotics so what could we do with all that fancy stuff we have to create new business models and and how to to communicate with the robots that is that is also a very important uh, topic and therefore a lot of other disciplines are involved in our research and also in teaching what we now founded is an international community of learning factories. So we have an international program and international conference on learning factories. And meanwhile, we have around the world uh, approximately 50 up to 60 learning factories, which are organized in that network. And we started with a European network, and now we also enclosed uh, Asia and Northern America. Yeah, it's growing. The benefits are uh, obvious. And uh, uh, so, yes, universities are falling and falling and building up learning factories. Education is something that is so close to my heart because I believe that if you can get education right and give students the right skills to arm them so they can go into the workforce fully prepared, then it's just going to be better for society as a whole. So I absolutely adore this idea of integrating robotics into education. 
that is it for this week. And from Formula One training to virtual factories, next week it's all about creating digital twins. And I'm smiling because digital twins absolutely rock. But for now, a massive thank you to Nick Rebuchamp, Stefan Drakenshow, and Professor Dr. Bernd Kuhlenkotter. I'm Fran Scott, and the Robot Podcast is a fresh air production for ABB. Follow or subscribe now for free wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the ABB Decoded series. 